All right, we are working on training with the 12 this year on Sunday nights. We're on our fifth topic. Our concept, if you're visiting with us, is we're seeing how Jesus taught the disciples, looking at different incidents and events and teachings that he did around a certain area. Uh, since the twelve followed him and we're supposed to learn how to start the church, we thought that might be helpful if we learned some of the things that they were taught. Uh, we're, I think we're beginning to question how much they learned uh, on in their two or three years. Uh, but that's why he told them he was going to send the Holy Spirit and he'd remind them of everything. So uh, they got that advantage and we've got the advantage of having it written down here. So uh, our topic this time, number five, is I called it poisoned bread. It's the story of the Pharisees and Sadducees demanding a sign and Jesus being quite upset with them and warning the apostles to beware the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. So the last two weeks we've talked about what the Pharisees and Sadducees did uh, and what was wrong with that. And then we've talked about how the apostles got way off track and thought Jesus was talking about bread uh, since they didn't have enough bread with them to feed the 13 of them. Uh, so anyhow, that's kind of interesting, but the application of it, I think, is what we perhaps ought to work on. So we're going to spend a couple of weeks on this and uh, see if we can learn a little bit about leaven today. Uh, let's wrap up one thing from the last couple of weeks that I think is important. Uh, Jesus just mentioned one leaven. Okay. Pharisees and Sadducees, if you go back to page 15 where we started this lesson, uh, you'll see they were very different. Way different doctrinally, uh, way different in a lot of things they believe. And so it would be kind of reasonable to assume that Jesus would consider them two parties, two sects, like they were. And tell his apostles, now you beware of those Pharisees. They'll mess you up one direction. And beware of the Sadducees, they'll mess you up another direction. But he didn't say that. He just said, beware of their leaven. Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Um, so I think making something of that, understanding that a little bit, may help us in the rest of our uh, study here tonight. Uh, the way I, the, the way I consider what he must have been talking about, even though the Pharisees were so, to use our today's term, conservative, and the Sadducees were so to use our today's term, liberal, uh, that those extremes, perhaps, and we'll talk about that more later, he considered the danger one. And if we try to figure that out, my answer to that, or my thought is, that both of them were of this world. Okay. Both of them were worldly thinkers. And the world always opposes the kingdom. Both of these groups came from a perspective of worldliness. Uh, the Sadducees, we kind of 
understand that. We, we know they were materialistic and didn't believe in afterlife and lots of things. But the Pharisees, we don't think of them always being that way. Uh, but Luke sixteen fourteen says the Pharisees loved money. It says they were covetous. It said they foreclosed on old widows' houses just by following their strict rules the right way. Okay? So they had a lot of materialism in them, for sure. But the, the main worldly thing I'm trying to get across here is that they didn't think at the kingdom level. Okay? That's what Jesus just got so mad at them for. They were so worldly-minded, which reminded me of songs. They were so worldly-minded, they were no heavenly good, but uh, something like that. Uh, no earthly good, maybe. But anyhow, uh, they, they couldn't see the kingdom. Remember what Jesus said to them? They said, we want a heaven, we want a sign from heaven. He said, you've seen I've been doing miracles. Uh, You've seen what's going on. You can't deny them. All of that. But you can't see it. It's right in front of you. But you look past it. That's what upset him. That's why he sighed deeply in his spirit. Uh, And that's a sign of worldliness. Uh, What we talked about this morning. Uh, dress and all of that. Our key verse, or one of our key verses, was First John two. What's John say there? How many camps are there? Just two. Just two. There's the world. There's the kingdom. That's what God wants. That's what the world wants. It says Satan is the prince of this world. And don't love the world. Okay? Now, there's a lot of different stuff, but I think that's the way Jesus thought. Are you thinking kingdom-wise? Are you understanding? Here's a man standing in front of you that has done undeniable miracles. He's taught in a way that everybody that hears him understands This guy's got authority. Nobody's ever taught like that before. You've got that right in front of you, and you say, nah, can't be. Because you're locked into this worldly way of thinking. So I think that's the leaven he's talking about, the, the effect of the world in any way that it differs from kingdom thinking. So the apostles... We're supposed to start the church, start the kingdom. And if we look at how they did that, I think with afterwards, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I know, I think they did pretty well. You read the epistles uh, of how the early church started and how the apostles dealt with it and all of that. They didn't slip off into Phariseeism or Sadduceeism. They didn't go that way. They stayed right on track kingdom-wise. They 
didn't make lists of rules. Well, as we go through this, you'll say, no, the New Testament doesn't do that. They stayed pretty well right down the line. Kingdom principles. The world doesn't like kingdom principles. And we're not supposed to love worldly principles. Okay, so having settled that or at least thrown an idea out there about the one leaven, uh, have we got leaven around today that we're supposed to beware of? Uh, and there's plenty of opposition from the world. Uh, think of all the false religions there are in the world. In a sense, that's opposition to the kingdom. Uh, think of all the false gods there are. The idols there are. Idols that we have in this country. False gods that we have in this country. Uh, much less the rest of the world. Uh, think of secularism. Uh, you know, where none of this matters. There is no God. You just do what feels good or what makes sense to you and you're the one that decides and on and on. All that's a battle. You know, all that's attacks on the kingdom and all that. But instead of trying to say, well, that's our problem out there, you see, I don't think many of our young people are going to get snatched by Buddhism. You know, just guessing. Maybe a few, but I'm thinking that's not a real danger, and I'm <laughs> at least in Wichita, Kansas right now. Uh, you know, there's other things that are, perhaps. But since he was talking about his religious peers, Jesus was a Jew. He was talking about the Pharisees and Sadducees within his religion. And he told the apostles, watch out for their leaven. I thought, let's keep it in our backyard. Let's think about our area, uh, our Fellowship, if you will, if you want to take it that fine. Um, and just think about our world that we deal with. And I admit Buddhism and atheism and uh, materialism and everything else will get us. But Jesus is talking about how religious people got away from kingdom principles. And follow the world of principles. So that's what I want to try to do with this. Now, as we go, I fear that some of you may think, well, this is the kind of stuff that preachers sit around and talk about. You know, they get together once a month at a preacher's meeting and yak around about this kind of stuff. It really isn't, but you can think that if you want. Uh, <laughs> what I would like to do is advise you that... This is the stuff we ought to be thinking about if we're doing our job of continuing the kingdom. If Jesus, that's the whole principle this year. In fact, if Jesus took time to warn the apostles about it, we ought to be thinking about it. And if you're a teacher, if you're a deacon, if you're a ministry leader, if you're an elder, if you've got any influence, especially in the area of teaching, and especially in the area of protecting what's taught or deciding what's taught, this ought to be on the plate. This ought to be in the thought process. 
said, okay, we've got to beware the leaven of Pharisees, Sadducees, whatever we want to call them today, but any worldly influence that opposes kingdom. Okay, so let's first go through, well, probably all we'll get done tonight is go through what the Pharisees tended to be like and what the Sadducees tended to be like, and then next week we'll get a little more detailed about how we beware that kind of leaven. Okay, let's start with the Pharisees, since they're fun to pick on. We know more about them, and Jesus picked on them pretty hard, so we feel justified in doing that. The kind of things they did to get away from kingdom principles, they still called it religion, by the way. In fact, that's how they defined religion, was these things they kind of added in. But but first, they liked to add rules. Now... The whole Jewish system kind of did that, but the Pharisees were really into that. Yeah. Adding rules, and if that's all I say about it, just think about that compared to what the apostles did. How many lists of rules are in the last 22 books, I'm not counting Revelation? Yeah. Not much in there. Okay, They didn't say... You know, what did we talk about this morning? Modesty, dress, all that. How did Paul handle that? Paul gave a big long list of here's what I define as modesty. Nope, he said, he just said, be modest and respectful like a woman who professes godliness. There ought to be a difference in the kingdom from the world. Just through that principle out there, said that's what we ought to do. Okay? No big list of rules. How many lists of dress rules do do you think the Pharisees probably had? <laughs> uh, I'm sure they had a few, and they dressed to impress as religious. Their phylacteries and their tassels and all of that to impress everybody with how religious. They were. Uh, adding rules is a Pharisee kind of thing. It's also a way to get away from kingdom principles is to make this list rule. Anybody ever run a camp or anything like that or a teen camp or try to make a list of rules for what's proper? Can't do it, can you? You know, those little rascals will figure out a way to beat it. You know, the <laughs> down to the quarter inch. You know, I mean, that's the trouble with rules. You, you can make all you want, but people can figure a way around them. And rules don't describe that anyway adequately. Uh, that's why Paul didn't go into that. Uh, the Pharisees, their concept was that we don't want anybody to break any of God's laws. So, And we've studied this on Sunday nights, I think, and I know on some Wednesday night classes. They built fences. That's what they called them. Okay? Here's a rule that says, you know, don't covet. Okay? Well, we'll build a fence around that. 
so nobody can even get close to not coveting. And then somebody will figure out how to break that, so that will build a little bigger fence. And, and we just keep building fences until nobody can break any rules. Well, they didn't succeed, but that's a world mindset. Okay? The kingdom mindset is not to add a bunch of rules, but to tell people the principles. In fact, I just popped in my head the classic verse, the old law was for training a bunch of tribesmen out of coming out of Egypt with a pagan background and all that. So what did God have to do? He made a bunch of rules. He wrote them down. When we got to the New Testament, well, what did the New Testament folks say? What did Jesus say? So the new thing is the rules are written where? Rules are on your heart. Well, we don't have a tablet of stone. We don't have a, a decalogue. We don't have all this writings that have 6,000 laws in it. It's written on your heart. Okay? That's kingdom principle. So Pharisees tended to want to add rules and make safety nets and all that. If we start going that direction... Maybe we ought to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Pharisees like to become judges. Okay? They were good at that, watching everybody else. <laughs> watching everybody else, of course, they specifically watched Jesus, trying to catch him in things. But they watched everybody else, too. And they, since they made the rules, they pretty you know, you can judge pretty good if you're making the rules. Uh, but if we see a tendency to someone or some group or anything else making, either making rules or becoming judges about, you can't do that. On areas where the Bible doesn't speak plainly, well, we ought to be aware of the leaven. If we get to that point where... Uh, you can't do that. Well, why can't we do that? Well, because it bothers me. Well, why does it bother you? Well, it just does. We've never done that before. Well, is there some biblical reason? Well, no, but I don't think you ought to do it. Now, that's okay for parents. Parents get to do that. In fact, parents have to do that. You know, that's a good enough answer because... I don't like it, but just because. Well, that's okay. Longer you get a little older, you can give them more reason. But that's not a good way for for elders or leaders of any kind. Or yeah, you don't lord it over people. You don't become judges of things that aren't specifically clear. Uh, back when we talked about being of one mind, we talked about how much freedom we have in Christ. That's kingdom thing. Okay, last thing I wrote down about Pharisees is they didn't like change. That's why they were formed. Basically, that's why they arose. Because Judaism was changing. 
Sadducees put up with it. They kind of liked it. The Greek influence and everything else was coming into the, the region and into the religion, and the Pharisees didn't like it. Now, actually, they had a noble goal. They said, we're going to preserve the faith. We're going to preserve, preserve Judaism in its pure form. Well, how'd they end up doing that? Making a list of rules and being judgmental. Okay. They went the wrong direction. Uh, that's 11 that Jesus said, watch out, now stay away from there. Uh, and I think some places today, and within our uh, fellowship, shall we say, uh, there's some of that mentality. Let's not change anything. You know, change is bad. A lot of change is bad. Especially if it's not done right. But it, let's stay away from that. Well, we don't change anything. We can't mess anything up. Well, yeah, you can. <laughs> you can die on the vine. If you don't change anything, if change is needed. But kingdom thinking is, yeah, you change things. That's why the apostles didn't make lists of things. Because they knew things were going to be different in 2015 than they were in... 115. Okay. Uh, so the Pharisees tended to do all that stuff. Sadducees, they're kind of an interesting bunch. Uh, I think it's safe to say they were less spiritual. Now, Pharisees weren't very spiritual. They were <laughs> pretty uh, bad along that line. They were rotten inside. But they at least believed in spiritual things. Okay. Pharisees didn't believe in a lot of spiritual things. Um, go over to Acts 23.8. says, and the Sadducees don't believe in a resurrection. They don't believe in angels. They don't believe in spirits. That's not a very spiritual bunch. And what, what, if you take that away, resurrection and angels and spirits, what do you got left? Terra firma. About all you got. If you take the spiritual world out of it, you're pretty well <laughs> locked into this world. Earthly things. And that's what they specialized in. Um, you know, if you take the, the heaven parts stuff out of it, you got earth left. So that's where Sadducees were. Yeah, I mean, they were religious. They believed there was a God somehow, and he had all these rules and all that that we ought to follow, but wasn't anything after this. So they focused on this world. Uh, they were convinced that material blessings were a direct indication of God's approval. If God loved you, you'd do better. If you were approved, you'd do better materially. Okay? And all the Jews believe that to, to some degree. Remember uh, what the apostles asked when they saw the blind guy? Who, who sinned? 
You know, it was him or his parents. Somebody messed up for God to strike him blind. Okay. Direct indication. Tie. That's how the Sadducees thought. Uh, today, people that think that way may claim to be spiritual and may talk a lot about heaven and all that, but they talk most of the time about health, wealth, and prosperity. And they sell that. If you do what God wants, He will make you rich. If you do what God wants, He will make you healthy. And usually right after that comes the commercial of how you send directly to God. Well, it's through this guy that's talking, but he'll handle it for you. And then you'll get these blessings. I don't even know if he's still on anymore or not. I haven't paid any attention to him in the last few years. But last time I watched him much or looked at him, uh, that was Joel Osteen's whole game. A lot of people loved him. Thought he was just the most wonderful thing in the world. I ran into an old uh, ex-Northsider that actually had ridden the Joy bus and grown up. I ran into her somewhere and was talking to her and asked her about where they were going to church and all that. And she said she and her mother just loved Joel Osteen. Yeah. They, they were saving their money so they'd go down to Houston to see him. Beyond me, but his message is totally materialistic. Yeah, God's in there, but it's a direct relationship. If you do what God says, if you please him, he'll make you wealthy. He'll make you healthy. He'll prosper you. Not to his credit, he didn't ask you to send him a certain fee all the time. He did stay away from that. But that was his whole message. And a positive mental attitude was a big part of it. Norman Vincent Peale stuff. But that's where the Sadducees were. Strictly materialistic. God, do what he says, he'll approve you, give you things. Okay. Uh, The third one there is kind of a duh statement. Uh, They were more interested in seeking material things than seeking the kingdom. Well, if you don't believe in a resurrection, if you believe this is it, I'm going to go for the material thing. You know, that's a good choice. Eat, drink, and be merry. You know, accumulate all you can. If this is it. Okay. So that's where they were. They were a lot more interested in material things uh, than seeking kingdom things. Now, where's that come from in today's world? Well, where's the leaven today? Well, materialism. If if we get sucked in by materialism, which was just one little bitty part of the sermon this morning, and, and make it more important than seeking first the kingdom, we got some leaven working. Okay. Maybe we should have even talked about what leaven is. But all you women that cook know what yeast is, so you know what leaven is. It gets in and 
changes things. Okay? So the, the, the leaven of materialism keeps us from seeking the kingdom because, well, let me ask it this way. When did we, when did people, since I wasn't alive then, when did most pe- people sing a lot more about heaven? Who, let me ask it this way. Who sang the most about heaven? We call them Negro spirituals today. Slaves did. Why? Because this was a bad old tough place. Okay? They didn't have it good. So, thinking material things and this earthly thing, that was dumb. What you focused on was kingdom things. And now, we got it so good, I'm not sure we're so enthused about singing heaven songs. Yeah, pretty good here. We got just about everything anybody ever had. And a whole lot more than most folks ever had. So materialism comes in there and takes your focus off of kingdom things. Now the Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection, so they naturally sought more material things. Uh, I think this is an interesting one. They paid a lot more attention to society's problems. They wanted to fix society's ills, uh, what we call today social justice. Uh, And how natural is that? If you don't believe in an eternal reward, take care of the stuff here. That's the best you can do for folks, is fix all their earthly problems. Well, that leaven... I mean, you look back 100 years, uh, no church put social justice kind of things over the gospel. Yeah. If, if they were going to help somebody because they were hungry, they were going to teach them the gospel and then teach them how to work teach them the gospel so they'd get to heaven, then teach them how to work so they could be a good Christian. It wasn't about feeding them. It wasn't about fixing all their earthly problems. They wanted to get them to heaven. And if you were a Christian, then there are standards for you. You work. You earn your own living. You help other people. That's what all denominations everywhere did. Now, the leaven of materialism, the, the leaven of kingdoms not that important, uh, all the mainline denominations, you go on their websites and read their uh, doctrinal statements, that's what they'll give you. List of social justice items. Therefore, woman's right to choose. Therefore, this. Therefore, that. Therefore, anti-poverty. Therefore, this. Therefore, equality among nations. I mean, it just goes on and on. What are they focused on? Where did leaven get them? Yeah, I'd say them. Gets us too sometimes. Okay.
The last one, uh, the Sadducees, I think, were more interested in making religion more palatable. These are my words. Uh, for modern day folks, okay. the old way was so old, and here's this Greek stuff coming in, and this pagan stuff, and man, this, this kind of enhances things. And more people will be interested in it if we add all these things to it. And I was okay with Sadducees. Okay. I didn't mind change, I didn't mind attracting people with some new Greek ideas and some pagan philosophies, and that just makes you a broader audience to reach. Because there's folks out there that already believe some of that stuff. Well, you mix a little bit in with Judaism, and you get a bigger crowd. Okay, so that's where Sadducees came from. Way different than the Pharisees, but both very of this world, I'd say. Okay, next week we're going to tackle, well, what do we do about this? Uh, how do we beware that kind of leaven? Lesson is yours. If you're here and need to respond, we'd be happy to help you with whatever your need is. If you need to put Christ on in baptism, we'd love to witness that tonight. If you need to pray with our elders or with this family, we'd be happy to do that with you. I'll be here at the front. If you need to come, come. Let's stand and sing.